This is a warning to those tuning in to Conjuring Curiosities. This podcast might contain graphic explanations of death and disease, incidents of violence, discussions of injury in extreme depth, infant mortality, and possible mention of other topics and practices throughout the Victorian era that might unsettle, disturb, or possibly harm you and your mental health. If you think yourself steadfast enough, then get comfortable. And thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Conjuring Curiosities, a podcast that delves into the weirdest and most macabre history of the Victorian era. My name is Clara Herbert. And I'm Sabrina, the modern day witch. So a quick introduction on our backgrounds. I'm a seamstress with a particular interest in historical fashion. I also happen to know quite a lot of weird historical facts, and I love telling them to Sabrina because she has the best reactions. (laughs) So I thought we may as well record it when I spring them on her. (laughs) And uh, if you want to explain your background a little bit. So I'm a witch. Um, I come from like a like a family of witches. Like my mom was a witch, my grandfather, my grandmother, my great grandmother. So yeah, I basically do a bunch of rituals. Um, I do special spell casting for clients. I do energy work, tarot readings, uh, just a bunch of different things actually. And I love divination. Awesome. So we're both Ontario transplants in Alberta currently, (laughs) and we're both Aquarians with ADHD, so if you continue listening, you have been warned. (laughs) Both in that, uh, if that means something to you, then you know, and if you think that's bullshit, then bye. (laughs) ADHD! Yeah. Uh, Our biggest difference, I think, is that I want to plan everything, and Sabrina thives... (laughs) Sabrina's thighs. She thighs, though. <laughs> I want to plan everything, and Sabrina thrives on impulse. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't tell by the fact that I'm reading a script and Sabrina is just here to react, I'm just winging it, honestly. Good, raw dogging it. <laughs> but I'm lucky to have a best friend to pull me out of my perfection spirals, and I'm happy to be here for you when you're a little too impulsive, and that's why we make a good team. We just high fived. If you can hear that, <laughs> hopefully it's not too loud. <laughs> Before we start our topic, I want to say that we acknowledge that things were extra awful in the Victorian era for minorities, and we will absolutely be highlighting and acknowledging that throughout the series. The Victorian era and any time period in history is not just about white dudes inventing stuff. (laughs) Women, people of color, and queer people have played so many important roles throughout this time, and we will not let those stories be erased. I didn't want the reality of that to be an elephant in the room for anyone listening, so I just want to put that out there right in the beginning of the first episode. It can be hard to talk about history for these reasons, but I believe we need to keep telling these stories no matter how fucked up they may be, because we need to recognize that it happened instead of pushing it under a rug and pretending it didn't happen or minimizing how much it affected following generations. Okay, I am stepping off my soapbox. onto the weird shit. Are you ready to hear what our topic is today, Sabrina? I'm freaking ready, man. I've been waiting all week for this. Okay, what is it? So today I'm covering Victorian mourning traditions. <laughs> what? Okay, okay, okay. I'm here for Because they're weird. <clears throat> okay. It's a pretty broad topic, but I wanted to do an overview because I think it will put a lot of future episodes into context. And I gotta say, I always hated writing essays in school, but writing 10 pages of notes on this was a great time for me. (laughs) I can't say whether that says more about the topic or me as a person, but I will vouch for how wild this stuff is. So people like to say that Victorians were obsessed with death, but you have to remember that the infant mortality rate in the United Kingdom, as well as in Canada, was around 30%, which means on average, if you had three kids, one of them would probably die before the age of five. Yeah, okay, well, no wonder they're obsessed with death. Like, they die so quick, man. Yeah, exactly. 20 years old is like the new... Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you made it to 20, you're golden, pretty much. Um, so, like, because for comparison, in 2020, the infant mortality rate for the same areas was 4%. Okay, but was that COVID, though? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even in COVID, it was 4% compared to in the Victorian era, it was 30%. Oh, oh, fuck. Also, in the U.S. in the 1800s, it was closer to 46%. So, pretty much half of your kids would die. Can you do that in an accent, please? 46 46%. And everybody was having a fuck ton of kids, so that meant like nine of your 17 kids died really young. It was oh even, God. yeah, it was even common for people to reuse a name for a kid that they had that already died. Okay, um, there should be a trigger warning. It should be morbid as fuck. Like, this is so depressing. That's the whole point of the podcast, yes. Oh it's God. gonna be brutal, because the Victorian era was fucking brutal. 
Um, yeah, so literally, like, if you named your kid Richard and then the kid died at, like, two months old, next kid that pops out, Richard, Richard squared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't exactly. remember Carl squared. Okay. Yeah, I, like, they pretty much just liked the names that they chose so much that they just kept giving their kids the same name until one of them made it to adulthood, I guess. Richard the third. <laughs> yeah, except, like, not even, like. Like, that was if one made it, then they're Richard III, because they're... Whatever. Oh, my Um, God. That's fucked. This is a very common misconception. The infant mortality rate is also why people believe Victorians only live to, like, 40. Have you heard that before? Like, people, you know, back in the day only ever lived to, like, 40, and that was, like, the main life expectancy? I thought they lived to about 22, to be honest with you. (laughs) I mean, that was sometimes the life expectancy rate, like, way at the beginning of time. But... The reason why is that the infant mortality rate, like, skewed it. So there were literally so many babies dying, it messed with the median age of life expectancy. So if you made it to adulthood, it wasn't totally abnormal to live to your 70s or 80s. Like, that was normal in the Victorian, you know, time. 70s or 80s? Yeah. Oh, totally. People lived to their 70s or 80s. Who? It wasn't that uncommon. It was not that uncommon. Probably more rich people, because, like, they could have a better quality of life. But it, it wasn't, like crazy abnormal 70s or 80s i cannot believe that like i always heard i don't know and on tv shows and stuff like you'd see that they would die at such a young age 70 and 80 is old yeah so obviously sorry dad (laughs) if you're listening so obviously there was also a higher rate of adults dying as well but the rate was lower for adults than the infant mortality rate so the life expectancy at birth was like 41 but if you made it to 20 for example then your life expectancy was 60 which is still much lower than today, but taking away the infant mortality rate makes a big difference. Yeah, so no, that's, that's true. That's yeah, true. so that's why people always say, like, oh, they only live to, like, 20 or 40, whatever. It's because so many babies were dying, it skewed the median, like, result. <laughs> Essentially, literally. That sounds like a whole lot of dead babies. <laughs> it was, like, so I'm sorry, like I'm babies. saying, like, that, that was, you know, I was saying, like, the, the percentages, like, one out of every three of your kids would die. Also, people died most often from infectious diseases like flu, tuberculosis, and diphtheria. Also polio, yeah, for sure. Uh, And it was more common for women to die in childbirth, whereas nowadays the leading cause of death in the Western world, at least, are things like heart attacks, strokes, cancer, that kind of thing. Gotta love that plaque. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Gotta brush our teeth. We eat too much stuff. No, plaque. I know. Cardiac plaque. Yeah, the pl- cardiac plaque comes from your teeth. What? That's how, yeah. If you don't brush your teeth, that's how you it gets in your arteries. No, you yeah. Fact check that shit. No, I'm a hundred percent sure. That's why they say you like you have to brush your teeth and take good care of your teeth because it can give you heart problems because the plaque gets into your bloodstream, and that's what gives like a clot and shit. Your phone is right there. Fuck. I swear. Okay, I'm listening, but I'm fact checking. No, no, the background. Start, look it up. Go for it. We have time. <laughs> Does plaque cause heart disease? Shut the... No. Yeah. No. That's a myth. Really? Really. Coronary artery disease is caused by plaque buildup in the wall of the arteries that supply blood to the heart, called coronary... <laughs> arteries. Plaque is made of cholesterol deposits. Plaque buildup causes the inside of the arteries to narrow over time. This process is called either what the fucking hell word is that? Yeah, so that still gives you heart problems. Not from your teeth plaque. It's a different type of plaque. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. The plaque that forms on your teeth is the same type of plaque that builds up in your arteries and causes heart disease. Yeah. The more you know. Oh, fuck. Okay, anyways, continue. (laughs) Yeah, just a... weird facts yeah um i I doubt they knew that in the victorian era but (laughs) i didn't even know that in this era i know (laughs) hey we're still learning in a hundred years that's the thing we're talking about the victorian era and saying how crazy and dumb they were but like in a hundred years everyone's gonna be talking about how crazy and dumb we were like we even know now how crazy and dumb we are twitter yeah we have twitter can you imagine a hundred years looking back at like internet posts and being like what the fuck is was wrong with everyone in the 2000s no i know they'll be like no i think they'll the biggest upset will be that i went from twitter to x like what (laughs) it's like a secret porn app like why do they have to do x i don't know i hate it anyway um oh yeah also 
Side note, while researching death from childbirth, because I wanted to like, I don't know, I was trying to find the statistics, a source mentioned something about using a hook and crochet, like, I don't know, during death, which I've learned means that they use, no, they use a crochet like hook to break the water if they needed to do so manually, like to get, you know, like sometimes the water doesn't break when the baby's supposed to be given birth to. Oh my God. I thought that was going somewhere else, dude. No, I mean, lobotomies, we can also talk. I'm not sure. No, somewhere else. Same spot as the water hole. You know what I'm saying? You know, they still did abortions. That still happened in the Victorian era. It just like also was more dangerous because everything was. I, George, no. All these animals are Don't look all cute. Our animals are making noise and there's only so much we can do about it. (laughs) Don't summon them. Okay. So. What do all these statistics mean? Basically, Victorian people's family and friends were dying a lot more frequently. So people in the 1800s had to deal with and face the concept of death a lot more than we do today. This meant the Victorians had a culture that was more open to talking about death and remembrance. More people died in their homes than in hospitals, and it was a lot more common to prepare family members for the funeral at home. Because of this, what we now call a living room was normally a parlor room, but when someone in the house died, it was converted into a death room. Yeah, literally. An entire room of death? It was the room for that's where the dead bodies stay in until the funeral. Yep. What? That's the living room. It was like, whoop, here's a coffin and some flowers and the whole room is for death. Yep. No wonder the homes are so fucking haunted. Like the older ones, they're like, okay, here, just rest here until we find someone to help carry you out. Exactly. (laughs) And like, you have to think, they didn't really have hospitals. True. Like, at least for how we know them today. So like more people it wasn't until the 20th century that it was more people were dying in a hospital than at home so for a long time it was more common that someone would just die at home rather than in a hospital yeah no, that's um fair. the deceased would never be left alone in the death room at least one family member stayed in the room with them until the burial like literally 24 <laughs> 7 that's so morbid you would have to sleep like someone was like on a shift you had to like stay there not because i don't know like I think partially it was, like, to make sure that they were really dead, but also, like, out of oh respect, you had to, like, stay with... That's disrespectful. You're literally staring at a deceased body. I think at the time it was considered respectful because it was showing that you cared about the person, about the family member. They're I ha- think that was more the reason. Ew, they're having a visual time lapse of what rigor mortis looks like. Yeah. They're like, oh, let me just see all the different... Oh my god. Yeah. So the room was also filled with flowers, both to give the deceased a beautiful place of rest and also to cover the smell of a decomposing body. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> so there was mit- there was, like, mitigations for that fact. That's so warped. Yeah. Um, It wasn't until 1910 that the term living room started to be used, and it was specifically suggested to change the function of the room to not hold dead people anymore. That's why it's called a living room? Yes. Someone wrote in a- Shut the fuck up. Yo, I'm telling everybody this at work. Yeah. I cannot. That's crazy. There was literally like a lady posted in a magazine this opinion being like, we should call it a living room because let's not put dead people in there anymore. Like that was literally the reason. Oh my God. (laughs) Can yeah. we not call it that? Can we, like, make up a new word? We can call it the parlor again. That's fun. Why don't we just call it the conjuring room? <laughs> the conjuring room. That just sounds like, oh, like a scary board. movie. I mean, it's fine. Sure. I mean, maybe we'll contact them. Like, <laughs> contact hey, guys, I'm so sorry, you. but we did rename it to living room. Just, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, the culture of mourning so dramatically which is what happened in the Victorian era. People, it was sometimes referred to as the the cult of mourning because people got like so into mourning. It was definitely influenced by Queen Victoria herself. Uh, While mourning practices were recommended to continue for at the most two years, depending on your relationship to the deceased, Queen Victoria was in deep mourning of her husband for almost 40 years. Okay, like... Did they have therapy back then? (laughs) No, they sure didn't. Freud was... When was Freud? That probably started like at the late Victorian era. I should fact check that. Don't I don't know that for sure, but like psychology was invented like not that long ago. But did they not think like maybe I shouldn't be this sad for this long? Like nope. they understand, they had to understand the concept of emotions. Yeah, and you were if you. The, I think the thought was like if you really cared about the person, you would be really sad for a long time that they died, and you wouldn't do anything fun. Because that's disrespectful. It was like you were literally shunned 
if you didn't mourn for long enough that was okay dude okay picture that back in the day that's the case now you what you get your grandma dies and you get like three days off yeah and you're just not even paid literally and everyone's (laughs) like get over it and like back then if you you know if your husband died and you stopped mourning like before a year had passed if you like weren't wearing full black full mourning for a year it had to be a year and one day at least you were like shunned it was like wow how dare how dare she the fuck happened from then to now yeah (laughs) so so um with queen victoria her husband died when she was 42 and she was in deep mourning until her death at 81 years old and she made all her children mourn for that long it was like a whole thing it was insane like she was distraught for just the rest of her life you know what no wonder we have to heal so much ancestral trauma mm-hmm. like it's called shadow work people and we have to do it for all of our ancestors because of this fucking mourning process exactly oh shit yeah okay, well, that makes more sense to me now yeah and uh if you'll notice i'm saying specifically deep mourning because there were different levels of mourning and how long you spent in each stage depended on your relationship to the deceased so widows, of course, were expected to mourn the longest because mourning was emotional and emotions are only for women, obviously. Mm, obviously. <laughs> so they were encouraged to be in dirt. In, in dirt. In dirt. They were on they their were knees. mourning. <laughs> oh my God. They were encouraged to be in deep mourning for two years, one year and a day at least. So like they a were, year and a day. Yeah. Do you know what? Fun fact. That's how long it takes for you to get your first degree in Wicca. <laughs> Oh, anyways, which uh, I wonder if that's a, if a correlated thing. Yeah, there was literally like people would they would post in the newspaper and be like, Cynthia got married, you know, right before the year was done. And that's awful. Like it was like a Why scandal. Why do you use my mom's name? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Every time. No. And then you forget. It's the fucking ADHD. <laughs> Every single time you say like you're telling a story about like something from a long time ago. You're like, oh, Cynthia, this. I'm like, that's literally my mom's name, bro. It's it's kind of a like Victor. Actually, Clara is a very Victorian name. That was like like victoria the victoria era was like peak use of clara mm. <laughs> anyway um so men of course had much more lenient rules widowers mourned for up to six months and often even less so you like men could just get married right like super quick after their wife died but women had to and keep in mind a lot of the time women couldn't like they couldn't work they would either have to enter the workforce because their husband died they they can't remarry they have to make money for like themselves and their children somehow so they have to either enter the workforce or be shunned by getting married too soon (laughs) but men even though they were like the ones you know men they could get get all the money they wanted but they needed a maid so they had to get married real quick because who was going to take care of their children and shit if their (laughs) wife died you know Uh, makes sense reasonable oh jesus christ (laughs) um there was a lot of debate on how long you were expected to mourn for other family members, but here's a rough guide. <laughs> Are you ready? No. Okay. For a parent, you should be in mourning for six months to one year. <laughs> Stop. Do not put your fingers on like that. You're like getting so serious. I'm ready. Okay, we do. Okay. For a parent, you should be in mourning for six months to one year. For children above 10 years old, six months to one year. Below that age, three to six months. For an infant, six weeks and upward. For siblings, six to eight months. For grandparents, six months. For uncles and aunts, three to six months. For cousins or aunts and uncles related by marriage, from six weeks to three months. And for more distant relatives or friends, from three weeks upwards. Are you taking notes, Sabrina? There will be a quiz. Uh, I was going to say, um, <laughs> is there like a life manual that we could just like hide under my fucking pillow? Like, okay, who's going to wake up and look at this manual? Lit- no, there were actually like books written about societal etiquette. Oh. We'll probably cut. Co- like, yeah, there was like literally there was like manual for the homemaker or that kind of thing. And you had to look through and be like, my second cousin's uncle died. How long do I have to mourn or else everyone will hate me? <laughs> Literally, there was, like, a book you had to check. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Imagine having yeah. to live life by all these rules. Oh, wait. So many rules. No, it was actually much worse then. As much as we don't have it great now, it was insane. Like, the amount of repression, you know. Jesus. And that's why everyone did fucked up stuff. Because that's what happens when you repress people, is you that, know. Is that why they say good morning? Just kidding. Because I want to say grand rising from now on. That's a thing in the spiritual community. A lot of people say, uh, 
I don't know, like have a good AM. Are you having a good AM <laughs> or Grand Rising? Grand Rising. Yes, people say that. That sounds like a like a name of a camp or something pretentious. I don't know. <laughs> Grand, Rising. Grand Rising. Are you going to Grand Rising for the summer? I know, and I know it's two different mornings, but I don't know. Everyone always says that. They don't want to say morning um, in the spiritual community because of that. I didn't... Okay, I didn't know that. I, I do know that when I did historical interpretation, I was told to not say hello. That was... That's kind of a more modern phrase. You had to say, like, good afternoon. I forget the good other one. The other... Good I forget the other one we would say, like... I don't think we said good morrow, but it was like you have to say good morning or good afternoon or good day. Like, hello is kind of, at hello. least when I was interpreting for the Edwardian era, hello was like not even a thing yet. What the fuck? Yeah. Adele's going to be canceled then in this era. <laughs> <laughs> hello, it's me. <laughs> well, she just couldn't like sing that song while she was interpreting historically. Good day, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I kind of like that. It has a ring to it. It does. We should call her. (laughs) Do you think think we would call her and she would say, hello? No. She'd be like, I don't even know. Just skip this segment. Okay. Or keep it fine. Uh, You know, whatever. Um, Okay. So for the stages of mourning, there was deep or heavy mourning, full or second mourning, and then half mourning. Okay, as a neurodivergent person, yeah. back in the day, I would be fucked. Yeah. Zero part of me. I'd literally be like, okay, and my dyslexic ass. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, somebody read the goddamn life manual to me <laughs> one more time, please. <laughs> I just, I can't life right now. Exactly. Yeah. Go no, on. it's, it was a whole, you know, thing. I couldn't, I was trying to figure out, like, when they say, oh, you had to be in mourning for two years, it was kind of hard to figure out if they meant all of the stages of mourning or I think it meant literally just deep mourning. Okay, two years from what? The last breath or what? Yeah, like oh since the person God. died. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. That's crazy. In deep mourning, women wore black fabrics, but they couldn't be shiny. So usually it was crepe or wool, neither of which were particularly comfortable. Uh, crepe was a really inconvenient fabric to wear, too. If it got wet, the black dye would run and ruin any clothes you had underneath. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, you couldn't have any embellishments or jewelry, and you had to wear a black veil if you dared to go out in public, which was also frowned upon. Like, you shouldn't even be leaving the house if you were mourning. Just, like, just be by yourself. You don't even have Wi-Fi. Like, what are you supposed <laughs> to do, man? Sit Read there and think about how sad you are, pretty much. <laughs> that was they're conditioning them to be depressed yeah yeah you also, no wonder how we literally have to undo all of this shit oh yeah. my god you also like weren't allowed to in deep morning you weren't supposed to have visitors so like you want to be comforted because you know a person died no you have to sit there and be sad by yourself okay so that yeah. was our isolation practice i guess like. yeah again this was mostly for women um <sighs> of course. you just you, you just can't look like you're having one iota of fun no smile can't. no half smile no no, no. smirk you can't laugh. You can't go to the fucking opera. Or, you know, they didn't <laughs> you have movies. You can't laugh. Can't go to the fucking opera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was as close as they had to like the movies, right? Go to the theater. You can't do that. Oh, um, men, on the other hand, just had to have a black band around their arm and a black band on their hat, so they didn't have to get new clothes. They just had to like, you know, because men like black suits are not common, so they didn't even have to do that. They just had to wear like one band around their arm and, and around their hat. And that was it, pretty much. Honestly, times haven't really changed, so... No, yeah. The standards for men are just on the ground, really. (laughs) Um, So, during full mourning, which was the second stage of mourning, you could wear jewelry as long as it remained understated and refined. And we're going to talk more about mourning jewelry in a minute because it's my favorite part of Victorian mourning. I realize that's a weird thing to say, but it is. Um, and to finish the stages, half morning dress was gray, purple, and lilac, or combinations of black and white. Um, so if I've seen in museums before, like if you see a Victorian dress that's like specifically lilac, that was most likely half morning um, wear. It was like a specific color. That would be the mood for me. Yeah. And that time period. I would just wear lilac because that is my favorite color, so. Right? Like, I, I feel kind of <clears> sad <throat> that, like. kind of sad. <laughs> like, could you not wear it when you're not mourning? Because I would just be like, but I just want to wear my nice lilac dress. Like. <laughs> I know. Same. Like, lilac dress for lilac picking. Come on. You yeah. You gotta do that. Speaking of etiquette books, I put this quote in uh, from an etiquette book. 
The discarding of mourning should be effected gradually. It shocks person of good taste to see a light-hearted widow at once jump into colors from deep black as though she had been counting the hours. <laughs> if black is to be dispensed with, let it be slowly and gracefully marked by quiet unobtrusiveness. Quiet unobtrusiveness. Yeah, just like stop even being noticed. <laughs> Your husband died, we don't want to perceive you, and you better come back real gradually. We don't even want to notice that you're back. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? Yeah. He just <sighs> Might as well just wear camo. Like, fuck. <laughs> That's the equivalent of Calgary. <laughs> I really want to see, like, a full Victorian-era dress in, uh, from camo. That would be kind of amazing. Yo, when I die, if I die first, <laughs> you have to wear camo. But lilac camo. Lilac camo oh, to my funeral. Great. Shake on it. I'll look so fucking ugly. Okay. Sure, sure. You're gonna, like well, you're gonna haunt me either. I was gonna say, are you I'll gonna... I'll trip you down the fucking aisle, bitch. <laughs> I was gonna say, will you haunt me if I don't, but you're gonna haunt me either way. I'm so not gonna haunt really you, not matter. help you in life. Unless you don't wear it, then sure, I will haunt be, you. You'll be with me in spirit, aka you'll be haunting me. It's fine. Look around, Clara. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to point out that clothes were, like, especially as- expensive at the time. So most people couldn't afford an entire new wardrobe just to mourn. It was common to either rent mourning attire or dye your existing clothes black. <laughs> so, like, that nice dress, you really like that, you know, dress, whatever. Well, you need a new dress that's... It has to just be black now, so you just have to dye it black. Okay, but then they're going to be black forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people would also, <laughs> like, would, like, try her... I saw one thing saying, like, neighbors would, like, trade. Like, if you were the same size, I guess. Like, if, if you know, so-and-so had some black clothes from morning, then her mourning period was passed and then her neighbor's husband died then they would like trade clothes so then she could have black clothes because you couldn't just like keep a bunch of black clothes in your wardrobe for like when people died like obviously you had to mourn a few times throughout your life but like clothes it was really expensive to have clothes so people only had like a few dresses a few whatever you know imagine being alive during this time <laughs> imagine having to worry about your fucking mourning attire like yeah. oh my god yeah because you would be judged <clears throat> if you did not have mourning attire even though if you couldn't like afford it so yeah there was like a whole you know you could like look in a catalog and like rent mourning clothes or rent rent mm-hmm. oh my yeah, you god would, you would rent the clothes because it was like less expensive okay so mourning jewelry get into this now as I said before, you weren't supposed to wear it in deep mourning, but in other stages and for, you know, whatever, however many years after that you lived, you could. Um, so here's where I would like your input on the meaning behind these materials, Sabrina. <laughs> Most often used was jet and onyx. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, onyx. Yeah. Okay. So those, any black sounds like really, really protective and it protects you from like any negative energies, negative entities, negativity in general. Um... But Onyx is one of my favorites, actually. I used to wear it all the time. It helps ground you as well and protect against, like, psychic attacks or, like, spiritual attacks, technically. I mean, that kind of makes sense in terms of, like, you're wearing it because of dead people. Yeah, no, Onyx is really good for, yeah, protection in general. Um, Any black stone's good for protecting you from negative energies, negative entities, negativity. Um, Onyx is really good for giving strength in, like, stressful situations, too, I'd say. Um, and it helps with grief um, and self-control. So I feel like that would be a good stone, especially back in the time. Did they drink a lot then? <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, probably, like, helping a lot with the addiction piece. I would probably follow mm-hmm. a, like, death like that. Well, you had to sit by yourself. So what else are you going to do, right? <laughs> um, and then for Jet, um, yeah, it just helps ground a lot. So it helps break any, like, severe behavioral patterns that you would have too which honestly if we're talking like spiritual properties that should have stopped everyone from being crazy in these morning <laughs> periods but um yeah. i don't think there was any crystal <clears throat> strong enough to stop the bullshit that was happening then i i can tell you that right now <laughs> was... i mean if you get a big enough piece of quartz you could fucking <laughs> impale somebody with that so <laughs> yeah that would help just impaling people <laughs> So jet and onyx was the, like, most often ones used for morning jewelry. If you couldn't afford that, you just do, like, black glass. Um, I can assure you there is no spiritual properties of black glass. <laughs> I mean, at the time, I don't know if they were as concerned about spiritual properties. I just thought it would be, like, interesting to, you oh. know, know how it was affecting them potentially. Um, people also made morning jewelry out of vulcanite, gutta percha, 
and bog oak. Those were the other ones I found. Do those ones, those ones aren't familiar? Like they're not really used today? No, I would say definitely not. Um, I want to see what it looks like. Ew. I feel like I have a piece of that, actually. Vulcanite? Yeah. Looks very familiar to me. Ooh. Um, I'm not even sure. Oh, that's not even black, though. No, I was expecting not. them all to be black. That one helps with confidence and um, feelings of safety and huh. creativity and stuff like that. Um, it's good for, like, the lower chakras, too. So, like, the root, sacral, and solar. Okay. Well, solar, sacral, and root, technically, if we're going <laughs> from the top down. But, um, yeah, what was the other one? Uh, gutta percha. That's what they use in fillings. Really? Yeah. In teeth fillings? Gutta percha. Well, because there was also, they would use black and white. So I guess white, it would make sense that some of it was white. Also, for children, the morning Is color it a was... tree? It could be. I mean, jet is technically, like, compressed wood, right? Yeah. And bog oak, I assume, is is wood. <laughs> yeah, no, this is used gutta percha points in dentistry. Huh. Yeah, one thing, I might, I think I mentioned it later as well, but um, for <clears throat> for children, it was, it was more common to have, like, white as, as incorporated with mourning. Um, See, white is, like... Because there's, like, color associations with spirituality and, like, mm-hmm. witchcraft and all that stuff. Um, white is, like, for purification or renewal mm-hmm. or, like, um, cleansing. Yeah. I so think it was, like... cleansing there. It was, like... It was, like, because innocence, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, black was, like, too deep of a color. It was too extreme of a thing for children, so... And they're yeah. racist, so... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, that's a given. Obviously. Uh, and then bog oak. That one, I, I don't even know. I want to look at that. Hold on. Do you think I was just gonna know all these at the cup? I did. The, I knew. <clears throat> I knew. I knew you've mentioned Jed and Onyx before, but I hadn't heard of the the last three either. Yeah, bog oak is really good as a symbol for life or death um, oh. and rebirth as well. So that's probably why. I don't know. And Christians usually. Oh, yeah, Christian. Yeah, it it was adapted by the Christians to um, identify the elements of the Holy Trinity. Which I don't is know what that means, but cool. <laughs> yeah, I just the, the concept of bog oak. I th- that's it's not really a Victorian thing, but also like bogs, like they they preserve bodies for like thousands of years. It's really cr- they'll preserve anything that falls into it for like thousands of years. Oh my gosh! Wait, what was that crystal called? Bog oak the, or gutta percha? The uh, one with the vulcanite. Bee. Oh my gosh! Okay, I have a derivative of that. I think it's called uh, vivianite. Remember how I <laughs> that one night? I think I was. Uh, intoxicated and i like i made you hold a crystal i was like this was made off of a dead body oh yeah yeah it's like yeah. a bluey green yeah okay, i wonder if that's yeah. uh, related we should fact check that later it's possible that'd be <clears throat> that i mean that's fitting and that's also morbid which would fit with victorians like that you would you would make jewelry out of what comes off of a, a dead body yeah i know checks I'm out like, i know i got it at a crystal fair speaking of actually though are we good to Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Best part. I th- I might have already mentioned this to you. I don't know, but it's just still the coolest thing to me. The other main material that Victorian morning jewelry was made out of was. Are you ready? Is it going to be bone? Human hair. Ew. Oh my god. Is that why we went to um? What was that place? Like that thrift. Is it? Oh what? The thrift store? No. The. Are you sure that wasn't at the historical park? I don't know, man. But there was, like, shit with hair. Like, pictures made with hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Was that from that era? Mm-hmm. That's how old that shit was? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my God. There's probably, like, some... Oh, my God. Yeah. So, since taking photos was rare and expensive at the time, you needed something to remember your loved one by. So, you could take photos of them after they died, which really deserve its own episode, so I won't get into more detail on that today. Postmortem photography, whole thing. Yep. Um, But most people would keep some of their departed loved one's hair, and they got real creative with how they used it. I mean, I get creative with how I use people's hair. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but like... No, it's only with consent, obviously. I mean, mean like in in a crafty way. They got creative in a crafty way with the hair. Okay, let's hear. So, most of the time, they didn't just throw a chunk of hair in a locket. 
they would braid or weave it into a pattern. Sometimes they would even make it look like a little feather or a tree or something, like a little like a little flourish of hair, <laughs> you know, Why? you know how you do. Um, you could then put it in an encased brooch or a necklace, but sometimes the braided hair was the chain itself. Yep, just picture someone else's hair wrapped around your neck, and that's your jewelry. That would be so itchy. Yeah. You cannot tell me. All the... Yeah. No. Yeah. A common one I've seen for men was a watch chain made entirely out of hair. (laughs) Yo, we should contact Apple. Hey, guys. (laughs) We actually have a new invention for you. We're just going to make an Apple watch chain out of hair. We'll just... uh... No, but it's going to be sustainable. We'll get it from all the drains in the city. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, that just... Oh, that, oh, that irked me too. I can't. That just like <clears throat> internally my gag reflex went. <laughs> no, no. Um, so I think what you were referring to was there was also framed hair art, usually made from multiple family members' hair. Yeah. Most commonly, it was made into an intricate wreath with floral motifs. Okay, you know what? I could get behind that. I think that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Like that's that's like a nice way to remember people, and it's literally a part of them. Yeah, and the- know, it's already dead anyway before they died. So. I think the family member ones, too, weren't necessarily... Like, you would maybe use living people's hair in that, too, because it was, like, a whole family. So you didn't have to wait until people died to make, like, a family hair wreath. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, I like it. I get behind that. Um, Everything else, though, absolutely fucking absurd. (laughs) Sure. Um, I like how that's where you draw the line. You're like, hair wreath, fine. (laughs) Fucking anything else? Gross. (laughs) I, I love that. I love the boundaries you're setting. Sure. <laughs> yeah, 2023. Um, all about the boundaries, baby. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to show Sabrina some pictures of the jewelry and framed art, and we will post these on our Instagram account as well so anyone can see them. Um, so this is like one of the hair wreaths. Okay. You know what? I, um... <laughs> you take it back? <laughs> I revoke my statement. That looks moldy. <laughs> well, it is very old. Because that is from the Victorian era, and I took that photo in, in this fall, so. Oh my god, that literally, look at this. Here, I have, you, we, I'm screenshotting this on your phone, because it looks like, oh, okay, I can't screenshot, yeah, I'm not I okay. can do it. <clears throat> it looks like scat. Gross. I know what yeah. scat looks like, and it looks like that. I don't, I don't know if I want to know what that looks like, but, um, sure. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, like, I like how they have little, like, little beads in there, too. Mm. No. 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 Um, so this is, I, this was a, a marriage brooch. So this would have actually, this one maybe wasn't even mourning. It was just like, I don't know. You know how like, you know how like celebrities have like vials of each other's blood? This is like that kind of situation where the person's still living. Are you saying celebrities or do you mean Megan Fox and her ex? (laughs) Also, um, uh, what was it? Angelina Jolie and... Uh, I want to say Billy Ray Cyrus, but that's not correct. <laughs> that's not correct. No, um, oh my God, Brad Pitt. No, 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 it wasn't him. It was uh, Billy, Billy Bob Joel. Thornton. Adrian? Yeah, you're right. Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep that in there. I will. Um, yeah, so this is, I, this one is really cool because it actually, the person's name okay, was wait, Clara. wait, before you even yep. show me, the fact that you just had to say it's really cool, it's probably not. You're trying no. to convince me before I see it. Let no, me see. I'm saying it's it's cool because my name is engraved on it. <laughs> Clara. You're literally. such an Aquarius. I, it's cool as hell. <laughs> I don't think this is cool at all. That's fair. Like, I know that my interests are odd, but I think looks, it's cool. Like, okay, fine. It's cool because the person's hair is in there, but like, it's not cool, Clara. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to figure, no, no, trying to think of ways that it's that's cool. Fair. It's not cool. Um, but this one, um, I'm not gonna lie, this one's gonna upset you a little bit. This is morning attire. This is clothing where it is trimmed with hair. It's like a braid in there. (laughs) Close up. Oh my god, how are you gonna wash that? Like, that's gonna fray. Well, you don't really. That's, that's a whole other thing we'll get into is the fact that, like... hygiene or lack thereof? No, they wore so many layers that they just had to wash the layers underneath. And then the, because the outside clothes were so fancy and intricate that you didn't want to have to wash those very often. So you'd wear like a bunch of layers and then you would just wash the layers that like touched your skin. Do you think that they ate condiments back in the day? Condiments? Yeah. 
What, like it spilled? Like ketchup and mustard and relish. Do you think they did that? Because if they did, I and I was back then, <laughs> and I lived back then, sorry, I would be fucked. Like, my, all my shit would be soiled. You're telling me that they only wash the underlayers? Well, they also, like, had really a lot of strict rules about how you had to eat stuff. So oh, I'm sure it was, like... God. I'm sure it, you still would get stains on your stuff, but, like... Everyone's was... gonna think I'm so stupid. I literally no. cheated my way through history class. <laughs> Actually, maybe don't put that in there. No, this is, like, not <clears throat> common knowledge. I... I do not think this is common knowledge at all. Watch, everyone knows it but me. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm going to pause to find a couple more examples of the actual um, jewelry for you. So here's one of the necklaces of hair. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let me just say this. Mm-hmm. That is so intricate, though. Right? That's actually beautiful. Yeah. I don't like that it's hair, though. Yeah. Like, the texture, that's a textural nightmare. Mm-hmm. But, like, did they dip it in wax or something? Like, I don't why does know, it look actually. so perfect? Yeah, probably they did do some kind of preservative to it or, or something to make... Because it really is... When, when I say it's braided, it's not just, like, a three-strand braid. It's, like, very intricate. It's, like, woven. No, that's like you going to the same summer camp for six fucking years in a row <laughs> and learning it. <laughs> and then you became the camp counselor. You know what I mean? This is expert-level friendship bracelet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Here's, like, a more simple one, like, in a brooch. That might have been, like, two different people's hair because, you know, you didn't really bleach your hair at the time. So it's unlikely that you know, yeah. two different shades of hair like that would be. <laughs> Unless um, you're Corella DeVille. This one kind of makes my skin crawl, but it's so intricate. No, no. <laughs> it's like net. It no. looks like net. No. Like netting. No, yeah. that's a no for me, dog. This is where I was talking. There's like a little flourish of hair. What if, okay, okay, okay. Go back to the bracelet for a second. Okay. What if you're cooking? Okay, just mm-hmm. picture this. You're cooking your meal. You're like, oh, yes, I'm just going to. Go for this uh, flame here. Boom! Like, <laughs> smell of dirty, stinky, burning fucking hair. Yeah. That is a disgusting fire hazard. Yeah. Every Oh, don't even get me started on... there. Everything was a fire hazard in the Victorian era. There was no era. fire retardants don't there. Don't worry. Everything was a fire hazard. And everyone died. Why won't you open? That's That just, like, gave me flashbacks of Sims for some reason. And I'd, like, purposely catch everything on fire and burn them all. And I was like, okay, I'm yeah. mentally not well. <laughs> Um, A quick anecdote of my personal experience with hair art. I worked at a historical park in the costume room, as Sprita knows, um, and one time I was looking through a shelf of needlework supplies, and I saw a paper bag labeled hair flower supplies. And since there was a whole station set up to adorn hats with flowers for the interpreters, and I myself wear flowers in my hair almost every day, I assumed that that was what was enclosed in said bag. Um, I knew about hair jewelry, so I'm not sure why I wasn't expecting it, but I opened the bag, and you guessed it, a big ol' ziplock of loose hair (laughs) to make flowers with, not flowers to go in hair. (laughs) (laughs) Was it, like, from people from the park? I, I want to believe that it was, like, synthetic, but I don't know. But it was a lot of hair, so I think it was synthetic. Why didn't you ask? I, well, they, it, it was from years before, so I don't think anyone that was there at the time... Call the director! It was, I mean, <clears throat> there was stuff in there from the 80s, so I don't know. Oh my god. Um, Imagine it's literally, like, ancient hair. <laughs> I think it would have fallen apart at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at some point, they must have done a workshop on making hair art, which I'm real jealous I wasn't there for. Uh <laughs> But they did have an artifact in one of the houses that was a full hair wreath. Um, the one I showed Sabrina was in Craigdrock Castle on Vancouver Island. So when I recently rent, that was that oh. was in that was Vancouver Island. If anyone is interested in Victorian decor, I highly recommend checking it out if you're ever in the area. It's called Craigdrock Castle. Um, I'll show you one more photo because I found the photo that I took that day. Okay. When I found, so this is what I saw. Hair flower supplies. Okay? Paper <laughs> That's bag. not sketchy at all. Paper bag, f- hair flower supplies. Great. Oh my god. That was what I pulled out. Ew. Ew, that's literally the... Kate. that's what I was picturing when I said, mm-hmm. oh, we'll collect all the hair from the drains in Calgary. That's yeah. literally what it looks like. Yeah. Ew. It's so much. Um, so this... And then these were in there. So that's why I was saying I think there was a workshop because oh there was like multiple that's little... fun. Mm-hmm. I do not like the coil look. It, yeah. Honestly, Kate, whatever, but it literally looks like pubes. It's, it's a little weird. Like, yeah. oh my god. So the last thing I want to do for this episode is give you a brief overview of what you would have to do if someone in your household died in the Victorian era. 
First, you better close the eyes of the deceased so that they may not choose someone to accompany them to the grave. <laughs> that was why. You better close those eyes real quick. Is that why they... Oh. If the dead person look... I mean, now it's because well, like, you we're want, upset yeah. and we want to make it look like the person's sleeping. Then it was like, if the dead person looks at you, you're going next. <laughs> what if one of their eyes just like randomly wandered? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, it's like dowsing rods. <laughs> oh my God. It's just like they're sitting there, they're laying there with their eyes open and then one eye just looks at you and you're like, well, that's it for me. I guess I'm fucked for life. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Um... <laughs> You would have to cover all mirrors and any reflective surfaces in the house of the deceased with black fabric so that the next person to see himself in the mirror would not be the next to die. <laughs> Again. Can't oh my look. god. I mean, I feel like there is a thing with reflections, right? Yeah, like, that well, is a I thing. I feel like it's more so portals versus, like, the next one to die. Like, unless you're summoning Bloody Mary herself. No, I'm just kidding. But, like, do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's not, like... Yeah. That's more I, of a scary movie thing for me. Yeah, I guess that's more of a thing now is that we think that, but back then it was a superstition of you're going to die. I don't know. Because um, <laughs> everyone was dying all the time, so they had a lot of superstitions of this is going to make you die because chances are anything you would do, then you would die. Yeah. So, like, who knows? But a lot of things were like, you could die after you do them. No, that's true. <laughs> I, this one I find very interesting. Clocks would be stopped at the time of death and left that way until the funeral ceremony ended. So any clock in the house, you had to stop it specifically and, like, turn it, I guess, to person died at 10.07. All the clocks are stopped at 10.07. Okay, but you can't even, like, I don't know, check your iPhone or your Samsung Mm -hmm. or whatever fucking phone you have to check the real time. So you're telling me they would just stop the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So then, because you shouldn't care about what time it is, I guess, because you have to be grieving. But then also, like, there would be a time for the funeral. Like, you'd need to know what time... The f- you need to get to the funeral, probably. <laughs> I don't know. When the sun reaches the first peak of the mountain. <laughs> head much. over to the funeral house. Yeah. <laughs> a black ribboned wreath, usually the wreath would be made of laurel, yew, or boxwood, would be placed on the door, and the front doorknob would be decorated with black ribbons, as well as the door to the parlor room where the dead person was. Um, if the deceased were a child, white ribbons would be used instead. Um, and some people draped some people draped their windows with black crepe as well um so yeah i was gonna ask you about i've heard of like laurel you boxwood that kind of thing if you hear purring my cat is on my lap because he won't leave me alone so laurel is really good for reclaiming your voice um so i don't know how that would relate to that though maybe just like being able to voice how sad you are or voice maybe the memories that you shared with them hmm Voice, like how much you love them and stuff like that mm-hmm. what was the next one you like uh y-e-w so you symbolizes death and resurrection um the needles are really really toxic um oh of you i thought yeah. you meant like sewing needles i was like no. i guess <laughs> no. Lead. no so that's i feel like that's a huge connection with death right you know what i mean so that's why they probably put that there mm. um and then what was the boxwood boxwood so boxwood, I believe, it symbolizes like eternal life. So it's it's used in some rituals uh, for like death rituals, like burying rituals. Hmm. So like at funerals and stuff. Um, or yeah, in floral reefs. So yeah, it's used okay. a lot of the time for death and to protect people from evil. Hmm. Um, so maybe protect them from going to hell. I don't know if they believed <laughs> in that shit. Oh, they sure did, I'm sure. Yeah. Then yeah, it would be used as protection to... Not get them to go downstairs, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they had a lot of superstitions around that as well. Yeah. And widows often had their beds covered in black and black sheets put on the bed. All this black fabric was quite expensive. So again, you could rent the sheets and everything you needed to decorate your house. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. What the hell, man? That's so weird. Yeah, because you only needed it for like, you know, a specific amount of time, theoretically. Every family photograph in the house would be turned around to face the wall, or if it couldn't be turned around, it was also draped in fabric like the others. Sorry. I'm just imagining. I, I'd be that sick fuck, though. Just get the picture and turn it around and be like, you're in a timeout! <laughs> face the wall! <laughs> Sorry. 
my fucking brain. I, I mean, can't. if that's what you needed to get through the person dying and you have to be all by yourself, then, you know, fair. That's so sad. Why do you yeah. want them to look away from you? Like, look at me. Help me. I don't know. Yeah. That's I just, so sad. Oh, my God. Um, also, last one. Uh, when taking the corpse from the house to the funeral, it must be taken feet first in the belief that if the head of the deceased faced backward, they might influence another member of the family to follow them in death. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> I just can't. Um, like, why? That's so... You know, you know what? I have a lot of superstitions and a lot of stuff that I do, I guess, magically that like, I'm like, I have to do this in this way for me to like prevent this from happening. Blah, blah, blah. But like, the way that you're going to go through the door when you're dead. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's true. Like, to be fair, yeah, we have a lot of superstitions now. So it's like, you can't really judge them for having superstitions. But I, it's so interesting to me that there was such a high level of like sorrow and grief given for the loved one. But at the same time, they were this like evil boogeyman that could also kill other family members if you let the dead body <laughs> face you at the wrong time or like saw your own reflection. It's like, I love you. I miss you, but please don't kill me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like don't even look at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sad you're dead. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. After you prepare the house for mourning, there was still a ton of other obligations you have. Well, you're not supposed to leave the house or have any happy thoughts remotely or know what time it is, I guess. <laughs> you would have to send out all the death announcements or funeral announcements on black-edged paper specifically. Carried um, by owl. <laughs> I Well, carrier pigeon, maybe. Probably. Uh, yeah. Um... Although, actually, with the mail, at one point during the Victorian era, people asked the post office to produce special mourning stamps as their regular colorful stamps were seen as too cheery to be used to mail out funeral announcements and death notices. This sounds like an entire Eeyore era. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, like, it's just so depressing. Just like crying with a little veil on, I'm in my Eeyore era. (laughs) (laughs) And at the funeral, there were specifically funeral cookies wrapped Mm. in paper with the deceased name and dates of birth and death printed on them less appetizing (laughs) yeah i mean also like you you know bakeries would make some of them but also like you're not supposed to be happy or do anything but also you have to make a bunch of food for everyone you just have to be depressed and go make fucking baked goods for everybody (laughs) to eat the death date of your loved one like what the hell yeah Oh my god. Um, and bakeries would make funeral biscuits wrapped in paper that were printed with uplifting quotes or poems or Bible verses. Okay. And I will finish this off with my favorite Victorian morning poem that I found. It's very short. Thee we... Wait, wait. Ready? I'm ready. Thee we adore, eternal name, and humbly bow to thee. How feeble is our mortal frame. What dying worms we be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, give me a death biscuit. We sure do be dying worms, you know. (laughs) Ain't that how it goes? Oh my god. And that's my overview of Victorian Morning. Uh, I hope you found it as interesting as I do, or even like half as interesting as I do. Uh, I thought it was funny. Like, this is crazy. Why did they have to be so depressed? Like, they were told to be depressed, conditioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they Uh. were shunned if they were not depressed enough. Also, the fact of the living room, I'm going to share that with everybody I know. That's Mm -hmm. actually crazy. Yeah, it sounds made up, but that really is... They were like, okay, let's stop keeping dead people in the parlor, so let's call it the living room to remind everyone not to put dead people in there. (laughs) Okay, just as a reminder. Just as a reminder. Just to, like, really, like, you know, get it to sink in. Alexa, set an alarm to remind me to call it a living room, not a death room. (laughs) When should I remind you? Centuries ago. When should I remind you? Fuck you. You're so mean to Alexa. It's fine. She deserves it. (laughs) Now we have a few spiritual questions that have come in for Sabrina to answer. So our first question that came in was, what got you into being a witch? Well, let me just uh, consult my ancestors real quick. (laughs) Just kidding. Um... I don't know. I've been kind of like spiritual and witchy my whole life, but I was always afraid of it as a child. And then as I got older, I was like, okay, there has to be something here. Like this is like these coincidences that I would experience were not just coincidences. Like they had to be something more like it was too often. So I don't know. I just started like looking into that and researching different things and trying to understand why I was getting messages for 
people from the deceased. So <laughs> I was like, there's got to be something more than that. And then, I don't know. I just kind of got into so many different modalities like tarot, Reiki, like learning about different crystals, herbs, spell work, all that kind of stuff. And just kind of spiraled from there. And it was the one hyperfixation that never left. So that was just a plus. <laughs> That's, I mean, so far my my hyperfixation with Victorian times hasn't left. So, you know, we all have our thing. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's really cool. And now I would say you're a very sexy. Wow, so <laughs> You a sexy witch. Ow! <laughs> now I would say you're a very successful witch, and a lot of people come to you for healing and practices and all sorts of stuff. I didn't and know this was hype day. But I I love you. I'm Thanks. your best friend. I gotta hype you. But also, I'm not even lying. Like, it's true. <laughs> oh my god, me getting awkward as fuck. Good thing the cameras are not rolling. Um. And then our second question is, what are the do's and don'ts of cleansing a house? Like, what should you do and what should you not do? Well, you should not um, conjure any spirits. That's number one. (laughs) Uh, There's already some there, probably, and we don't need to interact with them any further. No, just kidding. Do's, definitely bring the sage, okay? Or any smoke cleanse that you need to do. Bring some crystals for gritting, some black salt for protection that you can sprinkle in the corners for sure. Um, and then anything to do with sound, like just bring like some sound stuff to help uh, clear the energy and the like low vibrations that are existing in the home. Those are the do's. The don'ts, do not try to mock anything. So if like, okay, for example, I was doing a house cleanse, like, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And I kept saying like, I wanted to protect this lady and her cat, right? But then another name kept coming out and I was like what the fuck like that's not even the cat's name like what am I saying right now and it's because that's definitely like the spirit that was trapped there um so do not like say that name like let's say you get a message that is like a different name or whatever do not mock it or like continuously bring it up or laugh at it or anything like that because you're just going to aggravate the spirit it's just going to be not a fun time yeah don't don't zag baggins it yeah don't um and just don't be disrespectful and just like acknowledge just acknowledge them like they're they exist you know you can't just be like don't be rude to them like Mm -hmm. ask them to leave say Mm -hmm. like you are not welcome here get out for sure but don't be like i don't know don't ask them questions don't try to like communicate with them any more than you really need to because then you're just like engaging and like Mm -hmm. potentially attaching stuff to yourself too Mm -hmm. so also, the, the things that you always get me on me about if I'm trying to cleanse, first of all, I'm, like, too passive about it. Like, I do have to, you know, you have to be assertive. Yeah, like you I, have to be assertive for yeah. sure, but you don't have to be an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't, you say, okay, like, if they're not leaving, especially, you'd be like, get out now. Like, assertive, for sure. But don't be like, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> How did you die? Um, yeah, nobody loved you. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need to, you don't need to, like, do that. But, yeah, definitely be assertive, but just don't. <laughs> don't be a dick you know yeah for sure um and also sometimes i don't open the window you get on me for that oh my god please if you are cleansing any space please open the window literally you're gonna sage okay you're gonna stir everything up everything's gonna get all fucking riled up trying to run around and zip all over the house things are gonna start flying off the shelves probably you gotta (laughs) like no seriously it's like i don't know it's like taking Adderall and drinking caffeine like you just don't do that you know like it's like taking 500 monsters you you don't do that um because everything's just gonna get super hyped and way overstimulated and like that's what's gonna happen in here so you open a window allow the negative energies entities negativity in general to like exit the home with the smoke leaving the house like you visually will see that otherwise yeah you're just stirring shit up in here if you keep the windows closed Mm. clara yes (laughs) yeah something door whatever that then because otherwise things can't escape like you're trying to get rid of something you're trying to be like hey get out of here but you don't give them a way to get out of here like skedaddle skedaddle it's like okay let me then (laughs) (laughs) exactly also do you have opinions about white sage are we can we say don't use white sage i would say like it's obviously that's a really controversial topic yeah no fair enough i was gonna say like i use white sage that's been like sustainably sourced and mm-hmm. indigenous owned like mm-hmm. that's i get it from an indigenous owned place like right for sure um but it's just really overgrown so you can do other things like you need, i don't know i really like um blue sage and palo santo mixes i like dragon's blood sage even though that's literally just sage dipped in dragon's blood mm-hmm. um i also like what is it what have i been using a lot lately at work juniper 
Like cedar? Yeah, you can use cedar. You can use a bunch of different types of smoke bundles. Obviously, do your research. You don't want to get, like, uh, a little bit high or something from them. <laughs> or just, like, weird. Like mugwort. If you smoke mugwort, it can make you a little bit uh, fun. <laughs> so, yeah, you just got to do your research before you start burning shit and inhaling it. Because combustion is fun when it's the right herb. But, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, So that brings us to the end of our first episode. Thank you so much if you've stuck around until the end. And if you want to hear more about the weirdest aspects of the Victorian era, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at Conjuring Curiosities on Instagram and TikTok. I will have the photos from this episode posted so you can see the morning jewelry and, and some of the stuff I've been talking about. Um, If you have any suggestions for future topics you want to hear covered, or if you want some spiritual advice answered by Sabrina, send us a DM on the podcast accounts specifically. My personal social media accounts are Clara's Vintage Closet on both Instagram and TikTok. And mine is Modern Witch Alchemy. So you can follow that on Instagram and on TikTok if you want. And if you have any witchy questions, just hit up the DMs too. Awesome. Okay, so... Thanks for listening and stay curious. Conjuring Curiosities is researched and edited by Clara Herbert with spiritual advice provided by Sabrina, the modern day witch. All sources are listed in the show notes. Our disclaimer is written and narrated by John Kennedy and our theme music is Pumpkin Hollow by Pecan Pie.